This is the Proud American Podcast, and I'm your host, Johnny Joey Jones. If you know me, you know I'm all about good music that tells good stories. For me, that's country music. But music is more than the background noise to a good time. It inspires us to dream about tomorrow and reminisce of yesterday. It connects us on a shared emotion or lifestyle. The music we love doesn't just tell a story, it tells our story. And my good buddy Granger Smith is a country music star. But he's also so much more. His Yee Yee brand and its leading persona, Earl Dibbles Jr., reaches our most recent generation of adult Americans with a positive message through humor and shared hardships like working on a farm or serving in the military. And I'm happy to welcome him. Granger, thanks for coming on the show, man. Man, that was that was quite an intro. I appreciate you, buddy. Always good to hear from you. Well, I'll tell you, you know, and I'll tell the story here in a minute because it's funny, but we were talking. It's like, man, what do you want to talk about today? And it's like, let's talk about your music because I think when we do stuff together, that's not what we talk about because there's so much more to you. But your music is obviously the the way that you reach the most people. And I'd love to just kind of talk to you about that and maybe hear the origin story of Granger Smith. Yeah, absolutely. If you look back on the history of me and you, the things we've done over the amount of years that we've done it have, has been so diverse. <laughs> you can't really pinpoint us. And even the locations we've done it in, you can never really pinpoint us and go, oh, yeah, I see those those guys always do this thing or talk about this. <laughs> thing. So it is ironic that, that I'm a musician and we have never really talked about uh, music on anything we've done. But I, I grew up uh, listening to George Strait in Texas and when I was about 14 years old, that was probably the big turning point for me is I was a, a big music fan. And there was some guys in my school in, in junior high that played guitar and sang and all the girls loved those guys. And I just I just thought, man, I better start now. If I could learn that, if I could somehow get that edge, then girls would look at me like they look at those guys. And when you're a junior high boy, that that's everything, you know, get that edge. So there was a guitar in my closet where I, the house I lived in that my grandmother had given up on. So I opened up, I remember just determined and opened up that guitar case and there was a guitar and underneath it was a little book that showed you these dots of where to put your fingers on the fretboard on how to make a chord. So I just studied that book and, you know, built a little roadmap of my fingers on the fretboard and with, and then just slowly learned a couple chords. And then I remember going in and, playing for my mom and dad and playing them a couple of Alan Jackson songs that only had two or three chords. In. <laughs> there we go. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm living in Noonan, Georgia, the home of yeah. Alan Jackson. So yeah, there's a song, there's a song by Alan Jackson called Dallas that it's just basically two chords back and forth. And so that was the first song I ever played. And I wasn't singing though. It, it took another few years to start singing and, and, we, I was with a bunch of friends at this Opry. We had these Opry's in North Texas where it's like a hometown jamboree type event. And I, I was at, in the audience at one and they, they asked at the end of the show if anyone wanted to audition. And a couple of people kind of nudged me in the ribs and said, man, you, we've heard you play guitar and sing a little bit. You should get up there. And, and I was thinking, oh, man, that's a terrible idea. But I did. And I just like just, you know, just kind of by their their persistence, I got up there and and sang a couple of songs and they, it was terrible, but I think it was good enough to earn me a one Saturday night, two song deal. So 
after that, after that first Saturday night and I sang two songs, I just, there was, that's when I first started feeling that passion, that addiction to getting up on stage and delivering a song or two and seeing people react to it and seeing emotionally what someone could, the roller coaster you could take them on with, with your lyrics or melody, you could take them to a, a really dark place or a really happy place or a drunk place or a sober place. You, you could take them a lot of places and, and to have that kind of responsibility was really addicting for a teenager to, to mess around with that. And I just started loving it. You know, what's great about that. There are a lot of things that are great about that. One is all the humility you bring out. You're like, Oh, I wasn't very good. And it's like, there has to be some natural born talent there. I've seen you play and I know how much you love it, but there's also a lot of hard work there. And it shows you like, Every amazing artist has this story of like, you know, I was just trying to figure it out. And um, and I think that's inspiring for the rest of us to say whatever it is we dedicate ourselves to, maybe with some luck and talent, but with a lot of hard work, we can figure it out. And I know for you, it's always about hard work first. I've seen that. We've been buddies for a long time. But all that important stuff aside, I do got to say, when you start out telling the story and you basically say, I learned how to play a guitar to impress girls. I really connect with that because when people ask how I learned to be a communicator to like talk in front of crowds, it's like, you know, if you, if you're the carbon copy of the prototypical Marine and you're around 10,000 others, just like you on a base, you learn how to communicate. So you might get a girl's attention and stand yeah. out a little bit. So I can really identify with that part of your story. That man, that I could totally see that in the Marine Corps. And that's when you're, when you're a teenager, that's just, it's pretty much all you think about. You know, I thought about, I thought about high school football, but mainly girls. And those are about the only two subjects I thought about. And, and I, once I, the ironic thing about that whole story is that once I really learned how to play and then started going and doing these Saturday night little shows, the girl that I was trying to get so hard, then I was too busy <laughs> to even care about her anymore which is kind of the irony in the whole thing. I, I started loving the guitar and the music more than her. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, I would imagine that's not the beautiful woman you call your wife now. So that's no, okay. That, no, that's, <laughs> and, um, and, and I think that's a great part of the story. Like where I wanted to go next was um, essentially you become passionate about the music. And then how did you, I guess, land on your, on your, I don't want to say brand, but maybe your style or, you know, is there a consistent message you want to put out there, a, a sound you want to capture? Do you have a, a certain instrument in your band for a specific reason? Like, how do you land on, on those details that make the biggest difference? Yeah, it's uh, such a good question. And there's been so many of these moments um, throughout my career that that have really affected the growth. And I remember the, the first big one I can remember was I was living in College Station, Texas, and I was playing a, a bunch of shows that were meaningless and my songs were meaningless and the fans didn't care. They were just there to drink some beer. And there was, there was this artist, this local artist, and he did painting and he would paint cause it was college town. So he would paint like the football traditions in a big collage and he would sell them and did really well at, you know, selling to the alumni and he sat down with me one night. He just kind of, kind of see my struggle and see that nothing really was working. And he said, you know, I have built a career on giving back to the community that provides to me. He said, I do. I, have, I make a good living selling these paintings, 
But what keeps people engaged with me and what keeps my heart in the game and wanting to do more is when I donate my time or donate my, you know, I donate 20% of every work I do. I donate back to the community for charity. And he's like, have you ever thought about that? And I said, no, <laughs> I, hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't thought about it. And I, I said, I don't even know what, what does that mean? I'm a starving musician. What does that mean for me to donate anything? And he goes, well, I'll give you an example. I saw this, um, this little penny jar, like of donations at the local sandwich shop. And it said, help Mindy walk again. And she had gotten in a car accident and was going through therapy and she wanted to walk across the graduation stage. And so I thought, Oh, that's cool. I'll, I'll call them and do, trying to donate a concert. And so I called them. No one called me back. No one cared about this local musician that no one followed. They didn't care if I donated anything. So I remember at some point I just thought, what if I wrote a song about this university, about Texas A&M, and then just donated it to the university and said, do what you please with it. And so not that that would have mattered, but I tried it and I wrote this song called We Bleed Maroon and I emailed it to the university and I never heard anything back from them. And the next day I heard that song on the radio, on local radio. And I could, just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that that it was out on the radio and I couldn't believe that anyone would have sent it in that, in that form. It was just me and a guitar. So I remember doing a U-turn and driving to the station and said, don't play the song. I'll go with my band. I'll record the full version. Just give me a minute. <laughs> I went home, called the band, recorded it. Um, but when, that, when then that song came out and did well for it, that was the first time anything did well for me. I realized, man, giving back is, is actually this, it actually affected me. It, it, it changed the way I made music. So that's Joey. Then, you know, about my tours in Iraq that we did my um, entertainment tours. So that's what's really spurred that is wanting to then I got to take this to the next level and I got to go to Iraq. because I had buddies in Iraq from college. So I got to go see my buddies and I knew every fob where every friend that I had was. So my goal was get to every fob where they were and play music and be able to give back in that way. And so it wow. became a mission for me to do that. And I, it took a long, it took years. It took three years from 2004 to 2007. I took my first tour in 2007. It took three years to finally get um, in, in somebody's ear enough to get me over there. But that's really where things started changing for me in my career when I just stopped worrying about myself and started trying to give back to others. I love that. And the, the fact that the military was so integral in your career so early on. I'll tell you what, I've got a couple more questions I want to ask you and another story I want to tell. So we're just going to take a break real quick and we'll be right back with more Proud American. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Granger, so <laughs> as a vet, to hear you say that going to these fobs and, and doing the entertainment tour was like a defining moment in your own career, that's humbling for me because – I look at you guys and I think you're on stage in front of, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of people. 
Um, and it's kind of that, that give back element or the people you connect with through military service, I guess, that, that kind of left the biggest impression on you. Uh, moving forward from that, because I, I know your connection to the military, how did you land on the need or, I guess, the opportunity to bring about Earl Dibbles Jr. and the Yee Yee brand or lifestyle? Was that was that just a marketing gimmick? Was there something you wanted to say and Earl was the best person to say it? How, how did you find yourself there? <laughs> uh, kind of both of what you just said, what you just said. And, and I, the, the last thing I want to say about the giving back thing, because I don't want this to sound like, oh, just give, give back. You know, it feels so good to the heart. I, I heard somebody say one time that when, when you give back, that is the most selfish thing you could do because it feels so good for yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. So it's, not, it's not always about helping others and, you know, peace and love and joy. It really feels good <laughs> to give back. So uh, Earl Dibbles Jr. came about with when 2011, I was putting out a new album and we we're trying to think of anything we could do to promote the album and to try to create videos or maybe, you know, hope that something would go viral. So we were putting out lots of these little short videos and Earl Dibbles Jr. was just a little short video of this, this ultra country boy. And we didn't really intend for anything else to happen. We, of course we hoped that something would happen, but we didn't intend for it. And then that video just went viral, more viral than anything we'd ever put out. It was just crazy. So we put that video out and and watched it go crazy. And then we just thought we got to, we got to follow up on this. So then I wrote a song for him and then that song ended up being part of the show. And then I ended up changing, <laughs> putting on the overalls and it just became this big thing inside all that. In that first video, he says, yee yee, just an old Texas cattle call. We didn't mean it was an accident. We didn't mean anything from it. But then that spawned all these people holding up signs and then we had to trademark it and it just became what we call now is our, our lifestyle. I love it. And, and what do you think it is? Cause I, I lived in Georgetown, Texas, not far from you. I, I tell people we were neighbors cause we could ride our side by sides to each other's house. Yep. And the story, I guess I want to tell is when I came to Texas, I really wanted to understand Texas culture because one, it's amazing and it's so unique, but two, I, I lived in it, you know, I was there now. And so I was working at, an, at a military nonprofit and I guess the, the story I want to say is I met you and was to the point of just about calling you a friend before someone told me that Granger Smith and Earl Dibbles Jr. were two different people. And do, do you get that a lot? Do, do people really get confused on that? Because I fell for it. I had no clue. Man, that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> I love that. Um, so, yeah, I, I do get it. I used to get it more than I get it now. But I actually love it when that happens because – what we always wanted with Earl was that it would it would reach a wider audience than I personally could ever reach. And it would just go at a comedic level and just go into these circles of people forwarding emails around. And if then that person that got that email or opened up that YouTube link started watching it, and then they thought, you know what, I had to research who this guy was. And then I found out he was actually a singer. And then I found out I actually kind of like his music, too. And that was, that was the goal. That was always the goal was bring people back to the music and, and ultimately get them to the concerts. Because as a musician these days, that's how we make our money. It's no more about album sales or streams or anything like that. It's all about 
we're in the ticket business. We want to sell tickets to our shows. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. Well, I, I guess I got to ask now, who has better fans, Earl Dibbles Jr. or Granger Smith? <laughs> I don't know if better is is uh, they're both good at the same level, but I think that Earl has the more rabid, uh, crazy fans. And, <laughs> and I have the more, uh, you know, family atmosphere fans. You know, you say that, but I saw on social media, I see you've been posting these kids that are showing up to your concerts dressed like Earl Dibbles Jr. Is, is that kind of something you guys wanted to happen or, or what's that like? That is a phenomenon that I have no idea why that's happening. But Earl, and that, I've only seen that in the last few years. We haven't done anything to try to create that, but we're just seeing these this new movement of kids putting on overalls and the white tank top and the and the ball cap and coming to the shows. And it's just it's heartwarming, man. I love to see yeah. look out there and see those kids. It's and it's it's good. It's promising to the next generation for us too. No, I think it's the cutest thing ever for one. I'm, but it's really cool to. I, I don't know what that's like, but I know the kind of guy you are, and I know you take that as a responsibility to have people even that young looking up to you or looking to you. And in the intro, I said that, that you know, you've taken your music and your EE brand to put out a positive message. And, you know, could you just capture what that message is? Well, first of all, Joey, I've seen kids look at you that way. I've seen it with my own eyes. Kids look up to you. They want to be like you. And so I, I know you're, you're being humble in that, that aspect, but I've, I've seen it. Um, you have the same impact. And so ultimately, man, you know this better than most people that I know, that we're here to make an impact and a, and a positive impression, spread integrity, you know, spread positivity, spread truth and, and spread manhood, you know, what it's, what it's like to be a man. And that's just how we grew up. That's how our dads and granddads grew up. And, and, and doing that is far more valuable to guys like me and you than, than a paycheck or a, or a gimmick or a ne the next career, because that's what's ultimately more fulfilling is we, we lay our heads on the pillow at night and we go, we did something today. You know, it mattered to somebody. It might not have been 10,000 people, but it might have been one little boy. It mattered to him that I that I was did something today. I was on YouTube or I was on the whatever on the stage. And so that's what helps us sleep at night. That's that's what matters is knowing we're making some kind of positive impact. Well, I can I can assure you that you're doing that with just some of the things we've done together. And and I hope to tell the rest of that story one day, too, because we we really had a chance to do good things together. Um, I, th I think lastly, you know, people want to know what's next. They always want to know what's next. We're coming out of the lockdowns. We're coming out of your industry being literally crippled. And, and I don't think people have talked about that enough because they just I think a lot of people just assume if you're famous, you're rich. And like those two things go together and money's not an object. But having worked in the industry for for another artist, I know how much you are in the ticket sales business. And I know all the different mouths that a career like yours feeds. And so what's next for Granger Smith as far as touring or anything else that people can be involved in or, or kind of to get you back working again? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. We're actually, you know, launching a big tour, a fall tour. Um, and we're going to be talking about that. So we're going to be back to work. It's like once they open the floodgates, we're just touring like crazy. But something interesting we're also doing is we're starting a radio station that actually comes out on July 2nd. I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but this, this app, it's a radio app. It's called Yee Yee Radio. You can download it on 
any of your smartphones. And it's something we've been working on for several months and very passionate about it. It's kind of the, the playlist of songs that represents the people that, that represent us, that represent Yee Yee, the brand. So this is your soundtrack. This is the, this is your playlist. And it's, it's tons of songs. It ranges everywhere from nineties rock to modern country, to old traditional country, to outlaw country. It's just anything that sounds like, Faith Family Outdoors, which is what our brand represents, then it's it's part of that soundtrack. And it's super easy interface. It's free. It's absolutely free, commercial free. So it's um it's just something we're very excited about to to have a soundtrack to our lives. That's awesome. I, I'll, I'm excited and look forward to hearing it. One last thing I'm going to ask him, let you get back to doing awesome things. What does it mean to you to be a proud American? Well, you can really answer that well when you travel the world and you see stuff outside of this country. And when you realize that the the way things are set up here, the freedoms that we have in this country are set up a certain way because of men and women that came before us that cared that much about us and their descendants and the ancestors that would be here after them. They cared that much because of the oppression that they saw in their own lives from overseas or wherever they came from. So this is a special place. As they say, America is an idea. This is an idea. And it was, it was a dream for some people. They never got to see that dream fulfilled. A lot of these people are buried all in cemeteries all across this land that died in the 1800s that never saw that fulfilled. And so when we live that, we are living that fulfillment of those people that cared so much about us that they were going to die for it, for this, this idea of living free where we get to choose our religion, we get to choose our way of life and how we're going to raise our family. It's a special thing, and it should never be taken lightly. We should be so proud of the fact that we're born and raised here. I love that. I, I You said it so well, but I, it's, a, it's a thought I've had for a while, which is a lot of times it's the generation that pays the price, that takes it on the chin, that doesn't get to enjoy it. And uh, I think that's a very uniquely American thing. And, and I love the fact you pointed that out. And, uh, and I'm never surprised by your patriotism, but always enjoy it. Granger brother, I thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed the conversation. I look forward to, uh, to hearing the radio and, and other things you're up to. Thank you, brother. Always good to hear from you, Joey. When the world seems set on dividing us, it's a breath of fresh air to find things that can bring us together. Music and genuine artists like my brother Granger Smith do just that. To hear more stories like this, visit foxnewspodcast.com and be sure to check back next week for a brand new proud American story. I'm your host, Johnny Joey Jones, and thanks for listening. Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine.